to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Brialu, Mike Jurecki, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Gentlemen, we've made it. Welcome to week one. September 12th is the date. The Titans are the opponents. Tennessee is the location. And right off the top, we have to address the elephant in the room here, MJ, and that is we need to question the allegiance of our co-host, Kyle Vandenbosch, who spent a considerable amount of time in Tennessee playing for the Titans. In fact, if I remember correctly, your three Pro Bowl selections were with, with the Titans. So I have to ask, do we have to worry about you this week? No, not this okay. week. It's... Uh... This week, it's all Cardinals. I mean, you can judge my allegiance by what my closet looks like. And I got about probably a dozen Cardinals shirts, and I still only have one Titan. So, yeah, that's that's where my allegiance is right now. But, I um, mean, you know, on other weeks, I'll, I'll stay interested. <laughs> all right. So, that is clear. So, we can just focus on how to beat the Tennessee Titans. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show because I think it is not only just a first test, but it is a great challenge facing the 2021 Arizona Cardinals. But big picture it here because we now know, MJ, who the 2021 Arizona Cardinals are. 53 players, 25 on offense, 25 on defense, and three special teamers. It was 90 men entering State Farm Stadium for training camp. 53 is what we are left with. And I think we're all in agreement here that the team in the offseason upgraded a lot of different positions. Now, how long is it going to take to come together as a unit? Uh, clearly on offense, you're going to have a couple new starters on the offensive line. you got a new wideout, a couple new wideouts, and then defensively adding J.J. Watt. You know, you, you look at you know some of the other positions, drafting a guy like Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. So I'm curious to see which side of the ball will have to carry this football team for the first couple weeks of the season. And that is something that I can see where it's the offense and I can see where it's the defense, especially, Kyle, because you look at that defense and it's the third year for defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. And, yes, I understand it's the third year for the offense as well, but it just seems that defensively, maybe early on, I don't know, do you buy in that maybe there is one side of the ball that is ahead of the other early in a season? Yeah, I mean, you know, typical what people usually say is the defense is ahead. Um, but it's really hard to tell. I mean, every year in training camp, um, you have all these questions. And there's things you know, there's things you think you know, and then there's things you have no idea about. And I feel like that last category is the biggest based on this preseason. Um, you know, it's it's time to see. And that's what's exciting about this week. You, you make a lot of guesses about what this team's going to look like based on a practice performance or – how they looked in a preseason game, um, but you really have no idea. And this this will be a good test. I mean, it's you know on paper this matchup. I think a lot of people 
who aren't Cardinals fans, who aren't Titans fans, are going to be tuned in to see what this game looks like and what this matchup looks like. I think there might be more questions on the defensive side of the ball. The expectations, though, are higher offensively with Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and the number of weapons that he has. Talking about Murray, whether it's handing the ball off or throwing to a wide receiver or a tight end. Kingsbury, earlier this week, talked about the expectations on what he believes this offense might look like. I've felt good about it um, since, you know, training camp. I, I like the way they've worked, and it's, you know, Rodney Hudson's been a big piece of that. I think brings a lot of poise and maturity, and he's he's tough inside there. And, and then some of those weapons that we've added, they can be a good group. We had to go execute, but uh, they work hard, and, and it's a no-nonsense type uh, unit. I think the biggest addition offensively as far as an offensive skill set is A.J. Green. MJ, and you look at what he's accomplished over his career, and then, of course, what did not happen last year with the Cincinnati Bengals and can he regain some of that explosiveness and productivity that he had early in his career and then you pair him with the DeAndre Hopkins and if you give Kyler Murray enough time in the pocket to throw to find those ride receivers then yes this offense should be able to move the ball up and down yeah you know Kyler Murray was really the first one to say people are falling asleep or you know sleeping on A.J. Green and he got a chance to work out with him in Dallas and then I think it carried over to training camp and you know, I was told recently that he's fully healthy. He's been dealing with toe, foot, ankle injuries the last couple of years, playing on turf, obviously playing in cold weather. So he's hitting the reset button. But it wasn't a fluke what he did in training camp. He was getting separation. He was catching the ball. And he's going to be a big part of this offense. Well, you heard Kingsbury reference Rodney Hudson, and I think that might be the best addition, whether it's in free agency, an acquisition, or a draft pick, Kyle, that this team made in the offseason just because of what he has accomplished in his career and now being the one, the only player who will touch the football every single snap, not only get his four linemates ready, but also looking at what the defense is going to do to get the offense ready to attack. Yeah, I mean, you can add a lot of skill players to a team, but I believe if you want to be a consistent team week in and week out, you build from the inside out. Um, and it all starts with the center. you got to have a good center in, in that can recognize defenses, can recognize blitzes, can get you in the right protections, can get you in the right blocking schemes. And, and not only that, get the job done himself, and that is something Rodney Hudson has done every single year throughout his career. And again, when I talk about consistency, his availability and and the way he goes out there every Sunday and gets the job done at a high level. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we've talked about before, I think this offensive line unit is definitely going to be one of the strengths of this team. Well, let's go back to the offseason. Once the Cardinals rolled up their sleeves, they made some adjustments to the coaching staff. They gave the title to running game coordinator Sean Coogler, quarterbacks coach Cam Turner. And at this point, you know, Kingsbury's more of a head coach, but to me, uh, they were a top 10 rushing offense last year. They tailed off towards the end of the season, and I think they're going to be more committed with James Conner and Chase Edmonds, depending on where Eno and Jonathan Ward are. And then we need to see Kyler Murray make some throws down the field. So I think offensively they're a better team and the offensive line should be better than a year ago. Still don't know who is going to be the starting right guard. Is it Josh Jones, who saw considerable time with that first-team offense in training camp because Justin Murray and Brian Winters weren't healthy? They are now back practicing. So which guy do you go with? And, of course, the other two become great backups in the event that you need that. 
Defensively, though, a lot of additions have been made, and the biggest one being J.J. Watt, but there are question marks. How does this team gel together from a defensive standpoint, whether it's the defensive line, the linebackers with two young inside linebackers, and a secondary that has a lot of question marks, considering that you're going in with one less corner than you thought because of Malcolm Butler on the reserve retired list. So I think more questions, Kyle, for me anyway, with respect to the defense. I like how it looks on paper, but a little bit more question marks as far as how things are going to look in real time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's a good combination of, of established veterans, um, players who've been to a lot of Pro Bowls, players who are leaders, and then, you know, young players, young players that are up and coming, young players that have shown it, especially through this preseason, um, that they can play at a high level. So, um, like you said, it, it just comes down to how well do they execute, how well do they adjust um, throughout a game, and um, really, um, you know, like you said, it, it, it all works together. Is it going to be the pass rush that really helps out the defensive backs or are the defensive backs going to be really good in coverage that help out the pass rush? And these are things you don't know until you get those, those live bullets of week one and you go against a quality opponent. You know, here we're nine, ten minutes into the show. We haven't even mentioned Chandler Jones or Buda Baker. And to me, if you get a healthy Chandler Jones and he came in in shape, he's motivated, obviously playing for a contract. And Buda Baker, I don't even think he reached his peak. Uh, he's scratching the surface. I believe he'll become the face of the defense regardless of the position he plays. So, you know, they got playmakers. Now it's a matter of what happens with that front seven. Can they get pressure, take the quarterback off his spot, and help out that secondary at least the first couple of weeks till they kind of figure it out. And I think that's going to be key more than Zayvon Collins handling being the Mike backer. But if you can get consistent pressure on a quarterback, then all of a sudden you're not asking a young Marco Wilson to do a lot. Robert Alford, who we haven't seen on the field in two seasons. And of course, Byron Murphy continues to impress. But if you have consistent pressure on the quarterback or the ball carrier, then all of a sudden it's you don't need you know, 1A and 1B as far as in the back end with the respects of the cornerback position. And that's the way I see it. I mean, I, and, I, you know, we'll obviously break down, you know, the different uh, elements of this game, but I do like the Cardinals on paper when it comes to that defensive rotation. Clearly, you like to have Jordan Phillips out there, but if Zach Allen, Corey Peters, and J.J. Watt are your starters, now all of a sudden you got Rashard Lawrence and Lucky Foto, and we'll see if Michael Dogby's uh, active. Um, but again, I don't know how much, you know, J.J. Watt probably, as Kyle pointed out a couple weeks ago, maybe the every third, fourth possession you take him out. Uh, clearly you want him to be fresh in the fourth quarter. It is a 17-game season over 18 weeks, and obviously the goal for every team is to play into January, in fact, maybe even into February as well. Owner Michael Bidwell recently on the Dave Hash podcast laid out what his goals are for this upcoming season. Well, I think every year the goal is to win the division and then to stay hot through January and get yourself to the Super Bowl. And we've done that once before. We came short in 2015. But uh, I feel like we've really strengthened that defense. We've strengthened the offense. And a lot of it is about staying healthy, making sure we manage ourselves through the, the pandemic because we're still in it. Mm -hmm. We know there are going to be additional uh, infections this year. But again, we'll be testing and isolating. And we've got everybody vaccinated. Uh, only one player is not vaccinated with us. But I think we've got a really good uh, plan going forward. Now we got to go out and execute and stay healthy. There is no question, Kyle, that this team offensively, defensively and special teams on paper is much improved but to Michael's points the unknown in all of this for every single team across the league 
COVID-19, how do you deal with it? One, you be vaccinated, but even then, guys are testing positive in the unknown of what happens perhaps on a positive test on a Saturday or a Sunday. And what do we say? The best ability is availability, but it might, might not be injuries this season. It might be something else that, you know, you do everything right and you still might test positive. Yeah, you know, in a normal season, it it really comes down to crossing your fingers and, and hoping you get lucky and stay healthy. And then you have a season like this where um, you can do everything right. You can stay healthy and, you know, guys either test positive for COVID or have been exposed to somebody who has COVID. Um, you know, that's where I think it's important the guys that we have on the practice squad, the guys who are known commodities for the most part, guys that have been in the system, guys that showed – playmaking ability in in this preseason that when you lose a guy or two unexpectedly especially late in the week you can plug and play and put them in immediately and they can make an impact and there's not a huge drop off I mean obviously you don't want to lose starters but um, the depth of this team it's not just the starters on paper that's impressive I think you know all the way to 53 and even into the practice squad this team has great depth and guys that have played in this system and guys that can step in and help you immediately. I couldn't agree more with Michael when it comes to the division. Last year they got off to a 2-0 start and they finished 2-4. I mean, you like to go 3-3, 4-2, and then you got to win conference games. Last year you look at the Detroit and Carolina game, that came back to haunt them late in the season. Bird Gang, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Dave Pash Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Week 1 kicks off 10 a.m. September 12th in Tennessee. 5.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. One of the new faces, one of the players we're most excited to see. We'll talk about him next, that him being Rondell Moore. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Edmonds in motion. Now here he comes on an end around. Rondale Moore as he comes across the 20 with a head of steam making men miss. And you're reminded of that comment by Drew Grigson, the director of player personnel, where he said this kid doesn't just move, he teleports. You see a fearlessness too. That's that's the thing that I was looking for. You see him hit that gear and he's not worried about getting hit or where he's going to make his next cut. He is going 100 miles an hour trying to get this ball in the end zone. I didn't know Rondell before, you know, he got here, but, you know, I knew he wasn't, you know, no, no moment was really too big for him. I knew he was going to be fine, um, and he made a couple of plays, you know, got the ball a couple of times, um, and it looked, you know, it looked easy for him. You know, I think for a lot of guys that are rookies, um, there's, there's going to be a wall at some point, you know, where it gets hard, some earlier, later than others, but I think he'll be fine. Looks very, very comfortable on an NFL field and that is a great compliment to Rondell Moore you heard the voice of Kyler Murray before that Paul Calvisi and Drew Stanton on the preseason broadcast I believe it was three touches for Rondell Moore in the first quarter four total touches against the Dallas Cowboys and he was used in a number of different ways then later on against the Kansas City Chiefs we saw him on special teams returning kicks returning punts MJ I think Rondell Moore can be 
a jack-of-all-trades kind of thing as far as whether you insert them offensively, special teams, and maybe a little combination of both right away. I want to talk about the person, first of all. For his demeanor, I mean, the maturity and his mental focus reminds me of a young Anquan Bolden. Not comparing, obviously, he's a lot faster. Anquan was a little bit thicker. But just the way they approach training camp as rookies, um, there's no cliches from Rondell Moore. And I know the Cardinals were thrilled that he was on the board and just watching him in, in training camp. They couldn't cover him initially. And, you know, as Kyler said, he's going to hit the wall at some point. But he can really change this offense, just having him on the field. And, you know, I, I really believe this is the first time that Cliff can roll out four or five wide receivers, depending on Andy Isabella. And he's going to do so much in the return game. And that was a priority going into the offseason. Yes, teams may not start kicking to him eventually, but or they'll kick it shorter. But if you can get to the 30, 35-yard line, all of a sudden, you know, 15 yards, you're at midfield, and that should change field position. So I'm looking forward to seeing him as a wide receiver, but also in the return game. And that's, Kyle, where I want to see Rondell Moore, first and foremost, is returning kicks, whether that's kickoffs or punts, because it has been an area of the last several seasons that just hasn't been up to par. Jeff Rogers does a great job as special teams coordinator as far as the coverage units are concerned, but he would even say that he would like to see better punt returns, better kickoff returns, just to just to put that offense in better field position. I do think, especially at home, it can really elevate the crowd and then elevate everyone else. So for me, it's special teams where I think Rondell Moore might have a more immediate impact. Yeah, that's the hidden yardage, right? Um, you know, we want to talk about this offensive unit, defensive unit, but if you can you know, steal 50 yards on special teams, either, you know, by having good coverage on both punt and kickoff, but having that returner um, that can make the first person miss and run through the second guy and get an extra five yards. And that's that's the type of athlete he is. You know, he's got the speed, he's got the quickness, but he's got so much power in his lower body that he's going to be hard to bring down in the open field. And, um, you know, that's if we can, as a team, get that hidden yardage, it, it, you know, It'll win you two or three extra games throughout the season um, by by getting those yards on special teams. Well, you look last season, the Cardinals ranked 29th in yards per punt return, tied for 16th in yards per kick return. And then, of course, you brought it, MJ, the offensive ability of a Rondell Moore as a slot receiver, whether he's the number three receiver or the number four receiver in a four-receiver set, and a good complement when you have two really Big targets in DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green on the outside and in Christian Kirk and or Rondell Moore on the inside. It does allow Kyler Murray, if given time to scan the field, a number of different options in which to throw the football to. Yeah, and in Christian Kirk, I know he can play on the inside and outside, but he's playing his natural position, which is the H. And it's a little bit different than Rondell Moore, and there's really no comparisons with Rondell Moore and Andy Isabella. Obviously, they both have speed. And I'm curious to see how they're going to use Hopkins. Last year he lined up 82% of the time on the left side. When the offense got kind of bogged down, they started moving around a little bit. Initially they were throwing that bubble screen. He was breaking tackles, running down the sideline. So I hope to see them flip sides at times between A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. And then, of course, the other player in that wide receiver room, Andy Isabella. What can he offer to this team as well? But Rondell Moore on what to expect here in year one. He was asked earlier this week as far as if he was anxious, nervous about his first NFL action this week. I'm anxious. I think there's a difference. Nerves come from uh, being unprepared. So, 
know, I think I'm surrounded by a great group of guys who've uh, given me tons of knowledge. I think my coaches do a great job of showing the film and uh, just showing me different nuances while I'm on the field uh, to be comfortable. So anxious, excited, uh, all those things. And that, MJ, is what you said earlier as far as the person, the no-nonsense answers that he gives. And Kyle, this was the first time that I'd heard anyone explain anxiousness versus nervousness. And nerves are the product of not being prepared. And Rondell Moore is prepared for week one. Now, what happens once you get into the NFL, but he is going in prepared. Yeah, there is a big difference. I mean, anxious means uh, you know what you're doing. You're confident in your ability, but you're just excited to get out there. You know, you want to get out there and get going and, and demonstrate it on the field. And um, he showed that. I mean, he looked, uh, even in the preseason game, which, you know, preseason is not regular season, um, looks like he's been a part of this offense for a long time, looked comfortable, um, didn't hesitate when he got the ball in his hands, um, was looking to get upfield and, and get the yardage. So, um, and, and even, you know, used in, like you said, he was used in different roles throughout the preseason. Um, and in, at no time did he look like he was nervous out there. He's the type of athlete that uh, puts in the work uh, both – on the practice field, in the weight room, and in the film room. And so, you know, first game, you are excited. You're not necessarily nervous. You're just excited to get going. And I really think, you know, having Sean Jefferson, a new wide receivers coach, former player, he played in the league, has two Super Bowls. I mean, his son plays for the Rams. I, th- I think he's come in here and done a nice job with some of these younger receivers, maybe guys on the practice squad. But obviously Christian Kirk had a really good camp. A- Andy Isabella missed two preseason games, but he had a really good camp. And Hopkins practiced more than he probably has in the past. And A.J. Green has really exceeded expectations. Now we'll see when the regular season comes around. All right. Who else, whether it's a draft pick or a player returning or a new face, and I know everyone's going to point to Zayvon Collins as the inside linebacker. We'll get into him a little bit later on here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. But, Kyle, is there someone else that you're anxious to see, excited to see play their first game here in 2021? Either side of the ball. Yeah, it's, you know, since the day they signed J.J. Watt, I was excited to see what he's going to bring to this defensive line, what he's going to bring to this defense. Didn't get to see a lot of him, especially early in the camp. Um, you, you know, this this unit can be a dominant unit. You know, you've got um, some young players that are no longer considered young players. They're, they're becoming veterans. And you've got Chandler Jones and, um, you know, you've got – the talent on this defensive front with the defensive linemen and the outside linebackers to really take over games and dominate, especially late in games, late in the half, when they get to just pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. So I'm excited to see how that unit as a whole, um, especially with the addition of J.J. Watt, who um, with he and Chandler Jones have been two of the most dominant pass rushers in this league over the last decade. I'm excited to see how they do, particularly on third down and, and getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, it would be nice to see Chandler and J.J. Watt line up next to each other and have Marcus Golden on the other side or Isaiah Simmons rushing the passer. I'm looking forward to the one-two punch with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. I know this team wants to run the football. Kyler wants to make throw more throws from inside the pocket, but you got to win at the line of scrimmage, and play action will go a long way if you get the running game going. And James Conner be a short yardage guy. Again, they're not going to touch the ball 25 times each a game. But if they can get the running game going, that will open up things on the outside. Well, another player on the offensive side that might not get a lot of attention, a lot of targets, but if healthy, 
What can a Max Williams do to this offense, especially when everyone is focused on the outside receivers, what happens down the middle of the field? We've seen it time in and time again, MJ, what teams do with the tight end against the Cardinals. How about we flip the script here in 2021? Well, I mean, you're right. If if they're going 11 personnel, then who you, who you double and who you roll in coverage over, you got to stop the run, first of all. And Kyler and Max Williams have – you know, down the seam, and you're going to take a big shot. And I think Dan Arnold was the guy last year, and now Max Williams. But again, 11 personnel, he's probably going to block a little bit. But if he releases, based on the weapons they have on the outside in the backfield, he should be open. And I think they have some little bit of a connection in training camp throwing down the seam. Covering a tight end, Kyle, and that is something that I think the Cardinals did a much better job last season versus 2019, but there are teams that are looking more and more at the tight end, maybe not as the safety valve or the last option, but when everyone is focused on the number one receiver and the number one running back, sometimes you get that second player or the third guy covering a tight end, and there's very few players defensively that can hang with the tight end as far as size and speed are concerned. Yeah, that's the matchup problem that tight end presents, right? If if you have a talented tight end, a tight end that can run, a tight end that has good hands, um, you know they're too big and physical for most safeties. Um, and then you know most a lot of linebackers have a hard time staying with the tight end. So um, if you have that reliable tight end, the tight end that runs good routes can find the open areas in the middle of the field. Um, it's definitely a weapon, and it's something. I mean, I've, like you said. Um, you can see now tight ends are um, they're a premium in free agency a lot of teams are trying to add those difference maker type tight ends and um, you know particularly in this offense like you said it doesn't get talked about a lot Um, but it's you know they present matchup problems for defenses and the tight end is a guy that's you know going to get opportunities especially you know when the outside receivers are working down the field there's just a lot of space in the middle of the field for a tight end to catch balls Depending on how many they dress, I got to assume three. Demetrius Harris is a guy that can catch the football. You can line him as a, you can go twelve personnel and then move him out because he's he looks like a wide receiver, but he plays tight end. Number of different options for what head coach Cliff Kingsbury wants to do offensively. The Dave Pash Podcast, Episode 6, available right now with special guest Michael Bidwell. Follow along via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at Hash Pod. And a reminder, single-game tickets are on sale now. The home opener coming up week two against the Minnesota Vikings. Visit azcardinals.com slash gameticks. That's azcardinals.com slash gametix. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Second half action. Well, we'll talk about that cornerback position, maybe the biggest question mark defensively. We're going to that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Ryan out of the gun as the football drops back to throw. Looks over the middle, a short pass caught by Jones. Ball pops up into the air. Jones lost the ball. Really interesting man cover being played underneath. Byron Murphy going with Julio Jones. And as we've seen Byron Murphy do, David, from time to time, he is physical on his tackles. Jarred the pig loose. Dude, Julio Jones is a big cat and very yes. strong. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great play by Murphy. Flashback, Byron Murphy's rookie season, 2019, thrown into the fire. Remember, no Patrick Peterson, no Robert Alford, and 
Oh, by the way, Murph, you got to cover Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons. And, well, now another opportunity for Byron Murphy to cover Julio Jones as the Cardinals play at the Tennessee Titans this Sunday. Welcome back. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Kyle Vandenbosch talking about that cornerback position and specifically, MJ, talking about Murphy from his rookie season now to year three, there is no question we have seen his improvements, and perhaps it was a blessing in disguise getting thrown in right away his rookie season and facing some of the top wide receivers in the game. Yeah, I like his tenacity. I like how he's physical. I like his competitiveness. He can clearly see he's made strides over the last couple of years. In that game, Julio was targeted nine times, eight catches, 108 yards. Cardinals did win that game over the Falcons, uh, 34-33, I want to say. So, um, you know, going back to the offseason, you know, we were talking about, you know, at the time, Malcolm Butler coming in here and then drafting Marco Wilson. And then you you, you look at Robert Robert Alford, and the first name being mentioned is Byron Murphy. And that's how much they think about him. And on paper, usually your number one corner is playing on the outside, but he also can play inside. Yeah, that versatility is key, Kyle. And you look, and sometimes it can go one of two ways. When players are handed the keys, if you will, day one, you can either excel, you're ready for the moment, or you can get lost and disappear. And Byron Murphy is the former in the fact that he has excelled and become the number one cornerback on this team. Yeah, and it's it's been talked about um, a lot, um, just the jump he's made even from year two to year three. And um, watching him in action, um, the little action he got in the in the preseason games, his ability to cover, his ability to stick his foot in the ground and drive on a play. Um, you know, we're all familiar with how physical he is, and the question was, does he have the quickness and foot speed to stay with some of these receivers? And um, you know, particularly at the the Chiefs game, um, he had he was he was blanketing um, with his coverage. And um, you know, he's he's going to be tested because it's 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 another level this week with the size and speed and and the physicalness of the Titans receivers. Um, but I expect him to hold up well in those matchups. I can think of a couple times last year where he had a pass breakup and it obviously held the Cardinals to get a victory, including in week one, late in the fourth quarter against the Niners. So, yeah, I, you know, he's probably going to – I mean, who's going to cover Julio? I mean, is it Robert Alford? Is it is it Byron Murphy? I mean, I wouldn't put the rookie on him. I, I think you can maybe hide Marco Wilson inside, even though we know slot receivers are very effective. they got Josh Reynolds from the Rams. He's their third receiver there. They lose their top tight end, but we know they're going to try to run the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how Vance comes up with different packages so where they can try to slow them. My biggest concern in this case is chunk plays. you got to eliminate the big plays. You can't give up over-the-top plays. You can't let Derrick Henry get to the second layer where all of a sudden a 10-yard run becomes a 40-yard run because he'll stiff-arm you. Well, you brought up Vance Joseph, the Cardinals defensive coordinator. Here is his take on Byron Murphy when talking about the cornerback position. I think it starts with Murphy. You know, I mean, he's been the mainstay for three years, but he's played a lot of snaps, and you can see his growth. He's so much more comfortable. He's grown into his body. He's working. He knows the system. Um, he can be a special player for us, and he can be one of our better players on defense. Murphy had a team-high eight passes defensed last season, including the game winner you mentioned it at San Francisco MJ and in a home game against the Eagles. And his coverage grade, his defensive run 
grades have all jumped, if you believe in those metrics provided by Pro Football Focus. So that is number one. Then you got Robert Alford and knock on wood. We are so close, gentlemen. We are so close. Robert Alford in a Cardinals uniform for the first time in three seasons. I'm really excited. I feel like the only one that is more excited is Alford himself, Kyle, because he's been chomping at the bit. He's been the best cornerback in training camp those first two seasons. Just freak injuries prevented him to be on the field during the regular season. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Um, being a player myself that went through injuries and setbacks and, um, you know, for him to get this opportunity, for him to come into a season healthy um, with an ability to uh, start to contribute, um, I'm excited about this opportunity for him. Um, you know, one thing I want to add is, um, you know, perhaps one of the most impressive aspects of what this defense, what we saw from this defense in the preseason is the cornerback's ability to tackle. And that will need to show itself on Sunday, um, you know, you, uh, Mike just talked about um, Derrick Henry and his stiff arm. I mean, you can ask Josh Norman, who got shot put at about 10 yards. Um, <laughs> these corners are going to have to come up. They'll find a way to get Derrick Henry on a corner, and they're going to have to come up and make this tackle, and sometimes you're not going to have help. Um, and that's encouraging against especially the matchup this week and the matchup next week because you need physical cornerbacks that are going to come up and get a running back down in the open field. Well, the other physical cornerback in that room, Marco Wilson, a little bit of an unknown, but he is certainly impressed. Take this from Christian Kirk, a guest this offseason on the Big Red Rage. You know, one thing that sticks out for me with Marco is, you know, he's never out of position. You know, he's always in a position to make a play on the ball. And I think that's one thing encouraging, you know, when you look at a young corners, you know, he's not getting beat bad and, you know, he's not, you know, getting tons of catches, you know, caught on him, you know, where they're wide open. You know, he's always making them contested, you know, catches. And I think that's, that's uh, you know, really important. And it seems like he's picking up the scheme well. So we're all, you know, really excited about his development, and how he's playing so far. MJ, this was not the plan. Marco Wilson, a day three pick, fourth round selection. He was not expected to play a lot right away. He played himself based off his performance in training camp to be in this position to where now it's Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, and Marco Wilson. And he is, talking about Wilson, even as a rookie, I expect to see him on the field a lot. Yeah, and because he's going to play on special teams, I mean, he's he's obviously going to be active every week. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just concerned that after Marco Wilson, what does it look like? Rosal Douglas is a guy that I'm going to, you know, curious to see how he practices because I don't think he can go in there with Tay Gowan and Marco Wilson. I, that's, that's not the idea and we'll see what happens. We know teams make uh, roster moves on the weekend so we'll see how these corners look on the practice squad. We won't get a chance to see it um, but I'm curious to see because Marco Wilson can play inside and outside but after that what do you have? Well, you mentioned Douglas, a four-year veteran. The other player the Cardinals signed to the practice squad, Antonio Hamilton, five years experience. And both of those corners, Kyle, Douglas 6'2", Hamilton 6 feet, but it's the experience that they have, which is after Marco Wilson, which you lack with a Tay Gowan and which you lack with a Luke Barku, who did have three games last season with Jacksonville, but nowhere near the run of a Douglas or a Hamilton. Now the question is, can they pick up this defense to where if there is an elevation on Saturday or Sunday to the active roster, can they contribute this week this soon? Yeah, I, I think what you want um, in an emergency situation, you want a corner, like you said, who has experience, who's who's played in some games, who's started a lot of games. And, and that's important because in a pinch, 
um, you can just go with, with you call it cat coverage. Just you got that cat right, and then you everybody else just adjusts. And um, when you have guys that have done it, have shown an ability to you know win one on one matchups and 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 lock down guys. Um, those are the type of players you want to plug in. Whereas if it's a younger player without that type of experience, you don't know what you're going to get when you say, okay, I just want you to cover him wherever he goes, man to man. Um, so it, it is nice having that type of experience um, on the back burner in case you need it. And the good news is these guys have been in training camp. You know, Josh Norman signs, he's been on the street. And so he, you know, you look at Douglas, played in 60 games, a lot on special teams, started 29 for Philadelphia. He was part of that team that won the Super Bowl. So I like the size, and again, we'll just have to wait and see what transpires uh, over the next couple of days, including going into Sunday. The other cornerback on the roster on the practice squad, Jace Whitaker, who was protected 14, excuse me, 12 times last season, did see action in four games. But again, a young player doesn't have the experience, and when you get into the regular season, especially against a veteran team like Tennessee, well, you want some experience on that defensive side. Speaking of the Titans, when we come back, what to expect with the Tennessee Titans here in week one. That's all straight ahead. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. At the one, the Titans gives it to Henry. Henry bounces it outside. Five, ten. 15, stiff arm, 20, 25, 30, 40, stiff arm, 50, 40, 30, he's on his feet, big chase, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Titans, 99 yards, what a run, Derek Henry, I'm going to tell you something, that was grown man run right there, he was not going down. That stiff arm was as beast a move as I've seen in the open field. So here is what the Cardinals can expect on Sunday with Derrick Henry. Last season, 10 games with at least 100 rushing yards, three games with 200-plus rushing yards, and he finished with over 2,000 yards on the ground, the eighth member of that exclusive club. And, yeah, how do you stop Derek Henry, as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Kyle Vandenbosch, the voices of Mike Keith and Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis on the Titans Radio Network. And yes, I think that is where we are all focused on, Kyle, as far as you always hear defensive players say it starts with stopping the run. You have to contain the run. You have to stop the run. But Derrick Henry's a different kind of a running back. He's downhill between the tackles, very powerful, very physical. So I don't think you stop a Derrick Henry. You just don't want him, as we heard on the play call, go for 99 yards on a single play. Yeah, I think that's going to be the story of this game is um, either team um, with the explosive plays, um, and, and particularly with Derrick Henry. I mean, it's he'll break off those long runs. Um, I was – watching a video today and they spend a good portion of their time in running back drills working on stiff arm they have a stick with a helmet on it that he practices stiff arming and then they have other running backs diving at his knees and he works on a stiff arm and he's got you know the best stiff arm in football right now and he will embarrass you um but he I mean he is just such a physical runner he runs behind his pads and has such powerful legs and gets his gets his legs churning so um, I, it, it, it always is. I mean, it's, it's job number one to stop the run. Um, you know, if you give up some passes, um, you know, it, it's going to happen. 
But if we can't stop the run on Sunday, if we can't limit what Derrick Henry does on the ground, um, you know, it's 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 going to be a shootout, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding. So um, you know, I, and I'm sure I don't know what the plan is because um, you know it's, it's way above my pay grade, and I have no idea how how we're going to try to match up against this offense. But you know, I would think they're sitting in their meeting rooms. Uh, figuring out a plan to limit what Derrick Henry can do on the ground. Well, they better bring their heart out, okay? And then along that, you know, you always say stop the run, get the quarterback off his spot, but then they got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And, you know, so um, pick your poison. You're not going to shut him down. You hope to contain him. And then you hope to you can maybe, you know, a three-yard gain versus a five and six where now they're in third and fourth and then Tannehill's going to have to throw the ball very accurate I don't I think he's probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks since he's left Miami obviously Arthur Smith was a big part of that but their offensive line they're trying to figure out who's going to be the right tackle they got a new play caller so it's going to be interesting but if you can get Tannehill off a spot he doesn't make a lot of mistakes though so that's going to be uh, you know uh, Vance going against them from a standpoint of pressure, 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 be careful. Last season, Henry was only quote-unquote contained one game, one game with fewer than 60 rushing yards, and that was week five against the Buffalo Bills. He finished with 57. It is certainly something that we all looked at when the schedule came out. Week one, Tennessee on the road. Derrick Henry, what do you do? Well, that question was asked of Isaiah Simmons earlier this week. I'd probably say the biggest key was just you know, keep him off of our secondary. Of course, uh, we, we see what monster stiff arm he has. So uh, trying to keep him off of our uh, smaller guys as much as we possibly can. Easier said than done, but here is where we all anticipate the baptism under fire or the welcome to the NFL moment for Zayvon Collins, Kyle, because as an inside linebacker, yeah, you're calling the defense, but you're right there looking dead on into the backfield at Derrick Henry trying to figure out, all right, what do I do? Because he's coming at me, and I need to make sure I hold my ground and help or, and, and ask for help as far as tackling because I don't think it's just one-on-one. It's going to take three, four, five guys surrounding the ball carrier on Sunday. Yeah, it always does, especially with a back like this. But I, I'll, I'll say one of the most impressive things to me about Zayvon Collins uh, through the preseason is just the physical way he plays, how explosive he is, how quick he is, uh, but powerful. I mean, he packs a punch when he comes. So that will be, to me, that will be an interesting matchup um, when he gets Derrick Henry in the hole to see how that goes. But I'm confident um, in Zayvon Collins. You know, that's it's one of the reasons why he was drafted so high is just how big and how physical he is. Um, so I, I think he'll be fine in that matchup. And you look at the rest of the Titans offense, Ryan Tannehill, we've already discussed Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. They are right now minus two of their five starting offensive linemen in right guard Nate Davis and center Ben Jones currently on the reserve COVID-19 list. And this is an offense, much like the Arizona Cardinals in the preseason, MJ, that Cardinals did have Kyler Murray on the field, but not a lot of time on the field as far as preseason snaps. Tannehill didn't play, Jones didn't play, Brown didn't play, Henry didn't play. So this is kind of new for them as well as far as game experience, if you believe what you see in the preseason can materialize in the regular season. Well, and how much should Ryan Tannehill miss of training camp just based on being on COVID? Now, you can work out on the side and you know guys like Isabella you know, find a jugs machine or have somebody throw it to you, but is he going to find wide receivers that are Julio Jones and A.J. Brown? No. So you wonder. I'm not saying he's going to be rusty. Again, they do have a new play caller, but they got the same personnel. Um, they're still trying to figure out who's going to be their starting right tackle. 
I, I assume the game plan is going to be to try to run the football and take some shots down the field, kind of loosen up that Cardinals defense. On the flip side, you look at the Titans defense, and I don't think it gets talked a lot about just because everyone focuses on the offensive side and it becomes scoring points. But you look at what they have, MJ and Bud Dupree is kind of a little bit of an unknown because he tore his ACL late last season, but he has told the media in Tennessee that he expects to be on the field here this week. Well, I think Jeffrey Simmons is their best player and you got to make sure you put a head on him. Now, their secondary kind of struggled last year, even though Malcolm Butler was their best corner. They went out and got Janoris Jenkins, Jack Rabbit. He's going to settle things down there. But I think if there's a weakness on that team, I think it's their secondary, and that could play in the hands of the Cardinals, you know, obviously in passing situations. But you still have to establish the run. You just can't throw it 40 times against the Titans. And it goes back to what we discussed earlier, Kyle. You give Kyler Murray time in the pocket, and hopefully – He's able to step up in that pocket, not drift backwards, but that upside down you get shaped, gets formed, especially along the interior, and he has maybe an extra half second or full second to whether if Hopkins is covered, you look to A.J. Green. All right, no one there. All right, Christian Kirk is the guy, or maybe it's Max Williams, or maybe it's the running back out of the backfield. Yeah, Mike just talked about you know one of their weaknesses was uh, their defensive backs last year and their coverage, but a lot of that is because they had such a bad pass rush. They had an inability to not only sack the quarterback but get consistent pressure. Pressure, and it's the reason they you know they signed Bud Dupree in the offseason and try to get a premier pass rusher. But like you said, we don't know what he looks like. He's been very limited in practice and um, whether he's you know at full strength off of that ACL. So. Um, you know, again, with our offensive line being one of the strengths of our team, um, with their pass rush, um, you know, being what it was last year, unless they've made big improvements across that front um, with their ability, um, I expect Kyler to have some time and I expect him to be able to, you know, deliver the ball down the field and, and take some shots. He's exactly right. They were 29th in sacks, and that's the reason why Malcolm Butler had 100 tackles and four interceptions. So are we anticipating a high-scoring affair on Sunday? I am. I, I, I mean, again, both teams, regardless of how good the defenses are, just the weapons that are on the field and the ability and the talent, um, you know, there's going to be some points scored, and um, it's, it's really which defense gets the most stops. All the Cardinals need is one more points than the Titans and walk off that field in Tennessee with a W and then we'll of course talk about it next week here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Jeff Darge. A reminder, 10 a.m. is the kickoff, 5.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins along the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We will join you in one week's time to break down week one. For Mike Jarek and Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. He got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. (laughs) 